Verse number seven of Joshua chapter number one, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, which means to be successful, successful here, and then thou shalt have what? Good success. Good success. So we talked about the difference between good success and bad success. We found out that good success is when our accomplishments, when our achievements, when the possessions that we have, when those things don't own us, but we actually have them. Bad success is when those things, they control you. So tonight is lesson number three of the series entitled Roadblocks to Success. And so we're using as a subtopic, what's keeping you from advancing? What's keeping you? What's in your way preventing you from advancing? We said that to advance is to move forward in a purposeful way and to continue in the process of development and growth. It's only when we go all out for God that we position ourselves for perpetual our ongoing success. Turn with me in your Bibles again to 1 Samuel chapter 16. We looked at it last week, and we want to look at it again during our review, 1 Samuel chapter 16. Success for the child of God is not to be based in temporal tangibles, temporal tangibles, things like money, material possession, position, power, prestige, and honors. Success for the child of God is not to be fastened with the perceptions of the world. The Bible admonishes us not to conform to, not to be fashioned after or adapted to the external and superficial customs of the world. Our minds, according to Romans 12 and 2, are to be renewed so we can know what is good, acceptable, and perfect in the sight of God. Why is that important? Because God doesn't see as man sees. God doesn't see as man sees. We talked about that last week and we looked at some scripture references and I just wanna put that before you again tonight as we talk about success. So this teaching, it's, it's really designed to change your attitude about success and begin to understand God's definition of success and how God sees success because we could be pursuing something that God doesn't even consider to be successful. Amen. The Bible is clear that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are going to be what? Added to us. So there is an add to life. There is an add to zone, a position that we can get in where God begins to just add things to our lives because we are seeking his kingdom. So if you look there in verse number seven, verse number seven, of 1 Samuel 16, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance. This word countenance, it means appearance. It means representation. So don't look at the outside. Don't look at the external. Don't look at 
what the natural eyes can see. He said, look not on his countenance, on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. I want you to see that. The Lord seeth not as man seeth. But how many know it's important for man to see it the way the Lord sees it? Amen. He says, the Lord seeth not as man seeth. Well, how does man see? How does the Lord see? Well, it says, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And it's really easy to look at your accomplishments, to look at, and, and please believe, Pastor, you know, you, you put forth effort and you, you've applied yourself, uh, you know, certain principles and things that you've applied and you've been diligent, you've been faithful, you've been consistent. I mean, you know, the things that we look at in the natural and say, say these things is what make me successful, you know, I, I could appreciate, respect, and applaud you for what you've done and the investments that you have made, but, but what pastor want you to understand and for me to understand that I cannot look at uh, all the things that you've acquired and the things that you've accumulated and the things that you have achieved and the accomplishments that you have, the awards you've been given, the rewards that you have been, uh, that have been bestowed upon you, uh, the size of your home and the size of your bank account and the size of your automobile and the number of automobiles and how big your house is and all these kind of things and the prestige that you have. I'm sorry, I just can't look at that and call it success. Are you listening to me? No more than you can ride by uh, this location and, and look at the buildings. When we came here, there was nothing here but trees. Everything you see here, praise God, we, we've been able to put it here through the help of the Holy Spirit, with the exception of the home, but we've done some things inside for that. But you can't ride by and say, man, that church was in the Mustang Community Center. They were in Lulabelle Goodman Elementary School. They were in that little warehouse on Highway 6. And now look at all that they have and look at all the people that are coming. I'm sorry, we can't use that as a scale, as a measuring rod to say we are successful. You just can't. Because the Lord doesn't see the way men see it. Are you listening to pastor? All right, so let's, um, so he says, God look at the heart, man looks at the outer appearance. The New Life Version says this. Those of you who have your electronic devices, you could pull this up. The New Life Version says it like this, for the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. So God's looking at something completely different. And I like this, they are there but he says the Lord's not looking at that. The Lord doesn't look at things the way man look at them. Because you can have a lot of stuff. We don't know how you got it. So that don't mean you're successful. <laughs> come on, first day should say, I, I thought he's gonna come down your street. I just I just knew he's gonna come down your street. <laughs> The New Living Translation says this, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. Amen. God may not see a wife the way you see a wife. God may not see a husband the way you see a husband. God may not see an opportunity the way you see an opportunity. God doesn't look at things the way man looks at things. Man looks at the outer appearance. And how many times have we been deceived 
looking at, come on, come to find out that was his uncle's car he was driving. You, you, you know, he rolling up there like that's his car. <laughs> So how do we see the way God sees? Through the Word. That's how we see the way God sees, through the Word. God has an entirely different scale which He uses to measure one's success. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Go there. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. We looked at the entire context. I just want to look at a portion of this tonight as we end our, uh, our recap and get ready for some new information tonight. We had a great time at noonday um, Bible study. Praise God, our noonday is really growing. And Amen. We had close to 100 people in noonday. Amen. Amen. Praise, Praise God. God. <clears throat> Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. And he said, and this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. Greed, covetousness. Um, he said, beware of covetousness. You know, that's just, just getting, just getting, just wanting stuff, wanting things, a whole lot of stuff. He says, beware of that. Take heed and, and be careful. Be aware of covetousness. Why? Because a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possessed. So just because you have an abundance of things, and we know abundance is God's will for our life, but just because you have an abundance of things, you can't make God agree with you that it's success. He says life doesn't consist. Zoe, the life that Jesus came to give us and the life that God wants us to have, the Bible says he who has the son has life, not he who has a lot of stuff has life. But, but that's what we look at. We look at the things that we have and the stuff that we have, all the trappings, you know, we, we busy pursuing See, the, the problem with the American dream is that God is not an American. So he, are you listening to me? And so he says, life doesn't consist. But we look at the stuff, you know, we, we look at things that we have and, and you know, we be like, man, I t I'm telling you, this, this is the life. This, man, this is it. This is life. Life doesn't consist. Life is not measured by how many you have. Life is not measured by how much you have. Because if life is measured in our quantities, then those who don't have much, they don't have life. Amen. And, and, we can, and I've seen so many people running after stuff, running after stuff, running after stuff, getting things that they can't afford, end up losing and all this and putting themselves to all kind of stress, all kind of pressure because they're trying to show somebody that they have life. And that's not, that's not life. Life doesn't consist in the abundance of things that a man has. Amen. I'd rather have a little bit and be able to enjoy myself than to have a lot and have to have nine jobs to take care of the stuff that I have. Amen. The NLT, the New Living Translation, says this. It says, life is not measured by how much you own. The Message Bible says, life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. The Amplified says, for a man, life does not consist 
in and is not derived from possessing overflowing abundance or to which is over and above his needs. And man, I'm telling you, I know how that feel when you start getting above your needs, man, where you're not struggling anymore. You feel like, man, I didn't made it, man. This is life. But the Bible says life doesn't consist in that. And so if you're looking at those things, if you're looking at anything external to try to classify it as life, it's not. It's not. Amen? Look at verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man, and we, we found out last week, this man is rich. The Bible calls him rich. Jesus said he was rich, brought forth plentifully. Drop down to verse 21. So is he that layeth up for himself treasures and lay up, layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Not rich toward God. I was reading that, and I just happened to look up the word toward in the Greek. And when I looked up this word toward, here's what it means. It, it really means for, F-O-R, for. So is he, because this man said, listen, I have all this stuff, and, and the Bible said he had a bunch of stuff. I have all this stuff, and, and man, I have so much stuff, I don't even have anywhere to put all this stuff that I have. I, I just don't know. Now, listen, now he's, he's living for himself. He's not thinking about anybody else. He's not thinking about who he can bless. I'm sure he has some family. I'm sure he has some neighbors, some relatives. I'm sure he has somebody. Um, you know, I, I don't know what church he went to, but he could have at least gave his $1,000, uh, you know, toward, toward, you know, he at least could have done that since he had all this stuff. <laughs> And so he said, I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down these small barns that I have, and I'm going to build bigger barns. And then I'm, I'm just, and the Bible says he had much good laid up for many years. So he's very prosperous. He, he's rich here. And so then, then God says, you know, you fool, you know, tonight your soul is required of you. Uh, and that's why the Bible said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but still lose his soul. Right. And that's this man's position here. And so, and so Jesus said, but then Jesus says in verse number 21, so is he. In other words, you are the same way if you just lay up stuff for yourself. And, and you're not rich, watch this, for God. See, see, you could be rich, but who are you rich for? You're just rich for yourself? Are you rich toward God? Are you rich for God? This word toward, it also means purpose. So this guy, he was not wealthy. He was not rich for the purpose of God. He was rich for his own purpose. He was rich for his own benefit. And the Bible said this guy, he has a lot in the, in the natural. And if you look at him in the natural, look like he's very successful. But God said, he's not rich for me. I can't get anything from him. The kingdom of God, does the kingdom of God benefit from your material possessions and wealth? If not, maybe you think, like the Bible says in Deuteronomy, your own hand has gotten you the wealth that you have. And the Bible clearly says that it is God that gives us the power to get wealth so that he may establish his covenant, not so that he can just give you another fine ride. So we're talking about success. And so when you look at all the things that you have, the things that I have, and all the things we've done, are you really successful? Does God call you successful? 
or are you and people the only one saying you're successful? What does God say? Come on, ask your neighbor. Does God say you're successful? How many know at the end of the day that's what's really going to matter? Success in God's eyes is measured and defined by our obedience, our faithfulness, our loyalty, and our personal relationship with him, and whether we are accomplishing his purpose and his will for our lives. Go to Psalms 1. Success starts with a man's commitment to God, his word, his will, and his way. That's where success starts. We found out last week that the foundation of success is the word of God. The foundation for success is the word of God. But it starts with your commitment to God, your commitment to the Word, your commitment to God's will, and your commitment to God's way. Look at verse number one. This is so good. Watch this. Success starts with your commitment to God, your commitment to God's Word, your commitment to God's will, your commitment to God's way. Verse number one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that standeth not in the way of sinners. Blessed is the man that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. But this man, this blessed man, this man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, talking about the Word of God, and in his law, in his Word, doeth he meditate day and night. And this blessed man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever this man doeth, it shall what? Prosper. Here's what it means. Be profitable. Be profitable. Now, notice now that God is not anti you and I being profitable, but he gives us the inroad here to how to get there. Amen. The Bible says in, in, in Isaiah uh, verse 48 and, and, and chapter 48 and verse 17, he says, I am the Lord God, your redeemer, which teacheth you to prosper. I teach you to profit. That means I teach you to be profitable. And here's how I do it. By leading you in the way that you should go. So if there is a way that you should go, there is also a way that you should not go. And a lot of people, they rather choose the way that they should not go because they see that way as the way to prosper them or the way to profit them or benefit them. It's hard to see. Unless you're walking by faith, it's hard to see God's way as the way that's going to profit you, that's going to benefit you, that's going to cause you to increase. See, because religion has done a great job of putting us in a position where we have to choose either God or things. But that's not, that's not the relationship that we have with God. We can have both. God said, if you seek first the kingdom and my righteousness, all this stuff that everybody else is just running after, I'll make sure that stuff get added to your life. And so we don't, but see, religion wants you to think, oh, if you got all that stuff, you can't know God. That's no, not necessarily so. He is a God of increase. He's a God of prosperity. He will bless you when you come in and bless you when you go out. He will cause your baskets to be filled. He will cause your store to be blessed and your business to be blessed. He will increase you and your children more and more. The Bible says that he will. It is the will of God that we do prosper. But watch this. We got to do it his way. 
That's all I'm saying to you. You have to do it his way. Because the Bible said there is a way that seem right. And, and see, that's that way that appears to be right. You're looking on the outside. This looks like the right way. But the Bible says, uh-uh, the end of that way is destruction. Go God's way. And it takes faith to go God's way. Because you could, be, you could be passing up something that your eyes see. And you got to step over here and go for what you don't see. Come on now, you know it's, yeah, come on now. It's, I mean, come on, people make that mistake all the time. You know, it, it looked quick, it looked fast, it's, it's in a hurry over here. But then over here, I got to wait on the Lord. And the best you can do is they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, you know, you got to wait on God. Over here, you, you see it right there. But the compromise that come with it. And the loss of integrity that comes with it. Now, this is important because, get this, people of God, before he even talks about everything you do prospering, your leaf not withering, before he even talks about that, before he even talks about bringing forth fruit in your season, he talks about the man first. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the camp. That word walk, it, it implies a pattern. When you walk, that, there's a pattern to walking. He said, you don't pattern your life after ungodly counsel. And how many people are living their lives by ungodly counsel? See, the reason your stuff not prospering and the reason you're not bringing forth fruit and the reason your stuff is just dying on the vine because you keep finding yourself in ungodly counsel. He deals, he deals, he deals with the man First, because what's the use of prospering the man and the man has no character? The man has no integrity. Amen. You don't marry a guy because he got a lot of stuff and you ignore who he is. Ungodly counsel. Ungodly counsel is not necessarily counsel that come from the ungodly. Ungodly counsel is counsel that don't line up with the Word of God. And you, you can get some of that in the church house. You, you can get that some from folk, some folks sitting right up here in the church. Johnny with me, I'm telling you what, I wouldn't be putting up there. If I was married, to, I wouldn't shoot. Girl, you ain't, you ain't got to be cooking for that man. You don't want to cook for that man. Look, girl, I told my third husband. <laughs> I told my third husband. I tell him, see, that's one thing about me, girl, shoot. I'll leave him in a minute. What's that? Ungodly counsel. Don't walk, don't pattern your life after ungodly counsel. This totally deals with our posture, with our attitudes. He said, don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't stand in the way, the pathway that sinners take. Get off of that path. Why are you on the same pathway with sinners? Don't be in the sinner's way. Let the sinners do what they do. Don't you be in their way. Amen. Sinner can't get up to the bar because you up there. Yeah, he, he wonder when you going to leave. <laughs> Come on, tell your neighbor, get out of the way of sinner. Sinner riding around club trying to find a parking spot. Can't even find a parking spot because all the saints got all the spots. You around at, at, at the club using your favor for, for a parking spot. Lord, I'm, I'm believing for a space close up. <laughs> 
in the way of sinners. Sitting in the seat of the scornful, being scornful, backbiting, you know, just, just being scornful, always got something to say, always in somebody else's business, and wonder why you can't prosper. Because you give too much attention to everybody else's stuff and not enough attention to your own stuff. Is your delight in the law of the Lord? In his word, do you meditate day and night? Are you too busy watching scandal? You've been watching the haves <laughs> and the have not, and you ain't, you ain't got nothing yet. You, you, you watching the haves, and you don't have nothing. And I'm telling you, television now is crazy, man. You got more men kissing each other on TV now, man. It just, it just how you gonna prosper watching that stuff? You could have been meditating in the Word. Let me give you a definition for success. A definition for success. <laughs> success, oh, this is so good, people of God. Success is the continuing achievement of being and becoming who God wants you to be and the accomplishing of his will, plan, and purpose for your life. Success in the kingdom of God. Success God's way. Success is the continuing achievement of being and becoming who God wants you to be. Now listen to me, people of God. Why is, that, why is that even a definition of success? We don't hear that from the world. I mean, and why would that even come before the latter part of that definition that I gave you? Because if you don't be, if you don't work on the achievement of being who God wants you to be and, and constantly coming into becoming who God wants you to be, it doesn't matter what you accomplish, what you acquire, it doesn't matter what you have, you're going to lose you in the process. And you will do more compromising, you, you will do more lying, more cheating, and all these other things, and you will lose what you get because you never continued to develop and become who God wants you to be. Before the house, before the car, who are you? And, and a lot of people got a lot of stuff, but they don't know who they are. They know what they drive, they know where they live, they know how much money they have, but they have no idea who they are. That's why they live the way they live. That's why they compromise the way they compromise. But who are you? And see, when you know who you are, you can handle what you have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you got to find out who you are, who you are first. Who 
does God want you to be? You are a child of God. You are the righteousness of God. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a chosen generation. You are a peculiar people. Therefore, that's just something you just don't do because of who you are. But see, when you don't know who you are, you will lie to get what you have. You will cheat to get what you have. You will lay down to get what you have. You will compromise to get what you have. Why? Because you don't know who you are. It's the continuing achievement of being who God wants you to be. And becoming who God wants you to become. I know who I am. And when I know who I am, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm not supposed to do. But see, when you don't, when you don't know who you are, people will convince you otherwise. And you'll find yourself compromising and eventually lose what God has blessed you with. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So it starts with finding out who you are. Are you successful? Are you who God wants you to be? You know, some people, they, they just have, I mean, you don't know who they are. That's some, that's some people, you had not even met the real them yet. <laughs> they so masquerade you have no idea who they are. Because, see, they're hiding behind their stuff. And, and they have this appearance that they're this and they're that and the other, but they have, they have not a clue who they are. If you can move all that stuff and really look at who they are, but, see, they're hiding behind that stuff. So you don't get to see the real them. It's a continuing achievement of being who God wants you to be. Who does God want you to be? Because if you don't know who God wants you to be, if you're not who God wants you to be, just imagine what it's going to be like when you get blessed with some stuff. Amen. See, if you don't see yourself as a tither, you can win 10 lotteries. You know, those of you who, who fooling yourself, yeah, I'm telling you, if I win the lottery, I'm going to bless the church. I'm going to bless pastor and first lady too. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't. You won't tithe off what you have now. See, you don't know who you are. You, you're fooling yourself. And you wonder why you, can't, why you can't prosper financially. It's hard to rob the Lord and then ask him to bless you. Amen. All right, let's move forward. Watch this. Go to 2 Chronicles 26. Are you getting anything? So you got, you got to change your perspective now. We are a successful church because we're, we're accomplishing the will of God. That's what makes you successful. If we, had, if, if we didn't have any of the other buildings, we would still be successful because we're pursuing the will of God. That's what makes you successful. That's why you, know, you don't get caught up in the stuff that we have. You get caught up in that. Because it, 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 it's, it's a part of an assignment. It, I, mean, it, I mean, it's not who you are. It's not who you are. In Second Chronicles, chapter 26, verse 5, watch this. And he sought God 
in the days of Zechariah, who had, just look on the screen, some of y'all still trying to find Second Chronicles. I, I, hear, I hear the pages turning. Just look up, just look up on the screen. <laughs> just look up on the screen. <laughs> At least you're trying. I'm telling you, you try. I hear them pages turning, man. <laughs> and he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he did what? As, as long as he was going after God. This word sought, it means followed. As long as he followed God. Are you still following God? As, as long as he followed God, God made him to prosper. Not only does it mean follow, but it means acts. As long as he acts the Lord. And not just ran his own life, but asked the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do about this? Lord, what do you want me to do in this? Lord, what do you want me to do in that? And God will give you peace about what he wants you to do. Always, people of God, the Bible said, let peace rule your heart. Let peace serve as your umpire. Whatever call peace makes, take that call. Don't let money rule your heart. Don't let friends rule your heart. Always let peace be your guide. Don't do anything you don't have peace about. And do all that you have peace about. Whatever you have peace about, that's what you do. As long as he asks the Lord, as long as he worship, it also means worship. As long as he worshiped the Lord, what did the Lord do? Made him prosper. Another translation said he made him successful. But see, we don't see doing the Word of God causing us to be successful. It's the foundation for success. I like this last one. It is questioned as long as he questioned the Lord. God made him to prosper. Unfortunately, we've been discouraged from questioning God. They told, you don't question God. Why you don't question God? He don't know. <laughs> If I want to answer, God ought to have the answer. See, God's not intimidated by me asking him a question. He will welcome. He's a father. But see, that's how come we, we, we end up just, you know, you have questions. Ask God. As long as he questioned the Lord, the Lord made him to prosper. Amen. The Living Bible says it like this. While Zechariah was alive, Uzziah, Uzziah was always eager to please God. Zechariah was a man who had special revelations from God. As long as the king followed the path of God, he prospered for God blessed him. He prospered and God blessed him. Go to Psalms 39 too. True success comes from pleasing God. True success comes from pleasing God. Are you pleasing God? That's where true success comes from. Now watch this, because I'm, I'm listen, I'm, I'm about to kick over every sacred cow you have. <laughs> Genesis chapter 39, this is Joseph. You know the story of Joseph. Remember Joseph's brother sold him into slavery and, and all of that. They lied, say that, you know, uh, 
uh, you know, they, they hated him because uh, his father gave him a coat of many colors. He was favored by his father. His brothers couldn't deal with it. Joseph dreamed a dream. And, and so after that, they got him out in the field, and they took him and put him in a well, dropped him in a well, in a pit, uh, and, and told the father they, they killed an animal, put blood on Joseph's coat, brought it in to the father, and told the father that a wild beast, wild animal came and, and consumed Joseph. But they had dropped him in the pit. Uh, some gentlemen came by, I think the uh, Midianites came by, they, they took him out of the well, they sold him into slavery. Joseph was, was purchased as a slave by Potiphar. So now, Joseph is a slave in Potiphar's house. He's a slave in the master's house. As a what does a slave own? Nothing. Nothing. The master owns everything, right? He is a slave in the master's house. Watch this. Look at verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a, what? I can't hear you. Uh, what is Joseph? But what did I tell you earlier, he was? A slave. A, a slave. How, 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 you be, how you be prosperous and a slave? Now, now, some other translations say what? Successful. He was a successful man. He's a slave, but he's successful. Why? The Lord is with him. Mm. Is God with you while you're doing what you're doing? Because you're not going to be successful. Is the Lord, I mean, I mean the, the way you do business, the way you do your dealings, can the Lord be with you on that? He's a slave, and the Bible said that he was a prosperous man, and then it makes it clear it, it's not, he wasn't prosperous because he had a big mansion. He, he wasn't prosperous because he had nine cars. Please don't misunderstand, Pastor. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you got, that's fine. Don't miss the point. Don't miss the point. That's okay if you got that. But my question is, is the Lord with you? Yes. All right. Because if the Lord's not with you, then you just got a bunch of stuff. You're not successful. It said he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He, he a slave, and the Bible calls him successful. The Bible calls him prosperous. And we, we, we have a free country, and some of us are free and, and can't find success. Why? Because we're trying to do it without God. You don't get that without God. Watch this. It goes on to say, verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord, you, you, you think, his master, his, his, his owner saw that the Lord was with him. Now, please, you know, you got to read your Bible because Joseph was not the only slave. But he was the only one that the Bible said, his master saw the Lord was with him. Didn't say anything about the other slaves they had. See, that's what attracted, that's what attracted Potiphar's wife to Joseph. 
Wasn't the fact that he was just 5'4". Little Carmel. That didn't have anything to do with that. She saw that. She, I mean, how you, I mean, how you, come on, girl. How you, how you throw all this away? I mean, you, 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 you married to Potiphar. And you about to throw all this away over a slave. That man ain't got nowhere to put you if y'all get found out. <laughs> how you just, th- you gonna throw all this away? She saw something on him. It, it wasn't the car he was driving. It wasn't the clothes he was wearing. He didn't have nothing, well, he had on name brand, because everything is name brand. We, know not, we might not know, recognize the name on your stuff, but it's a name on your stuff. So you wearing name brand too. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me find a place to get off, watch this. And his master saw that the Lord, his master noticed that it was something different about him. Let me help you. His master saw that it was more than the job he had. His master saw that it was more than the car he drove. His master saw that it was more than the recognition that he received. His master saw it was something more to him than just the awards he had received. His master saw that it was more than the accomplishments that he had. His master saw that the Lord was with him. Something different about this guy. It's more to this guy than just nine to five. It's it's something different. It's something different about this guy. And do people see the Lord is with you? Because that's why he was prosperous. He was successful because the Lord was with him. Look what the Amplified said. The Amplified said, but the Lord was with Joseph, and he, though a slave, was a successful and prosperous man. See, that just does away with success having to do with the tangible stuff you have. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had made all that he did to flourish and succeed in his hand. Everything this guy touched, it prospered. He had success in it. Why? Because, of, and he was a slave, but the Lord was with him. Let me give you this and I'm done. I want to give you, and I'll just give them to you. I won't, I won't give you any commentary, but I want you to have this so you can start meditating on this. These are seven spiritual principles of success God's way. Seven spiritual principles of success God's way. Number one, prayer. This is your foundation for success. Number one, prayer. Number two, obedience to God's word. Obedience to God's word. Number three, faith towards God. Faith towards God. Number four, be an agent of change. An agent of change. Number five, renewing the mind. Number six, worship. 
And number seven, live according to God's purpose. Live according to God's purpose. And watch this. I understand, as an entrepreneur, business owner, I understand that there are some other principles. I gave you spiritual, I gave you foundation. Now, now there are some natural things, of course, that you, you have to do. There are natural laws and principles that will govern your success. I understand that. We'll talk about that. But what I want you to get is, is stop trying to build a house and don't have a foundation. And what I've given you is foundation for your success. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for the word tonight.